Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. So stop me if you've heard this before. The Bucks uh, play Carolina this time. You can fill in any team you want to. They fall behind gigantically. Give up 30, 35 points in the first half. Oh, and then Ryan Fitzpatrick's going to rally him back to within a touchdown with a whole quarter to play. But the Bucs lose anyway because their defense can't stop the Panthers from scoring late. And it's a final 42-28. The Bucs losing their, for the fourth time in the last five games. This team is now spiraling. They are 3-5 and five at the midway point. What is the future of the Bucs in the second half of this season? And is there any way to help this defense, one of the worst in the National Football League? I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with Steve Versnick. I'm here uh, actually live as we do this podcast in Charlotte, North Carolina. But before we get started, I want to tell you about a special offer for our listeners only on Continental for Continental Wholesale Diamonds. Go see your friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. They have the best jewelry prices anywhere. It's almost the holidays. You know you need to get something nice for your loved one, whether that's a diamond engagement ring or maybe... Um, you know, some jewelry, a necklace, a pendant, some earrings, something like that. And for our listeners only, Andy is going to give you 20% off all jewelry prices. That's right. Just for the listeners of Sports Day Tampa Bay. You go in there, ask for Andy. He's going to take care of you. going to pour you a nice scotch, tell you about the four C's and diamonds. And he's also going to give you 20% off all your jewelry purchases. So go see my friend Andy at Continental Wholesale Diamonds. They're at 1715 Northwest Shore Boulevard. Sweet 250 right next to the penthouse club. So, Steve, uh, you know, the Bucks have fallen into this pattern now. We're in this pattern of we go out, we get behind, uh, we get killed in the second quarter, then we rally like hell in the third quarter, and then, uh, you know, everybody thinks we're, we're back in it, and then we, we fade off at the end. So that's, that's definitely the pattern we're in. I mean, if I knew what the... If I knew one thing to fix it, I'd do it right now. But I don't. I don't know what that is. I will say that they got problems on both sides of the ball, but clearly the defense is much worse than the offense. Well, is this Even the though, fifth right? or sixth time this year they've given up twenty-four or more points in the first half? Well, I mean, I think it's the sixth. They've given up thirty or more in the first half three times, and twenty-four or more in the first half three other times. So okay, that would be six. You've played eight games and you've done that, so you've dug yourself these enormous holes. And, you know, we've seen Winston climb out of it in Atlanta. Um, we've seen Fitzpatrick climb out of it, you know, of his own doing against Pittsburgh. We saw him come back, you know, in the game against Cincinnati last week. And then he did it again on Sunday when he got them within a touchdown after trailing 35 to 7. I mean, this is unbelievable how many how many touchdowns they get behind. And you think, you know, surely there's no way. Even Cam Newton said, he goes, you know, we knew it was in these guys' DNA that they're resilient, that they have a good offense and they're going to come back. And they did. And against a really good Carolina defense. Um, but this this team is really got itself in this pattern now. And, and it's, you know, when you talk about the defense, I mean, we know they're young on the back end. Um, they had most of their defensive linemen, even though, even though some of them are really beat up like Gerald McCoy and, 
some others, Vinnie Curry, that are playing. But, man, all you had to do is kind of watch Carlton Davis's day. And, and Carlton Davis, I think, is going to be one of the better players, young players that they have. Mm-hmm. But he got abused. I mean, you know, you had Christian McCaffrey hurdle over him one play for 32 yards. On the next play, there's a reverse, and he misses a tackle that goes for 32 more yards and sets up a touchdown or goes for a touchdown. And it's just – you know, he compounds it when he makes a play on fourth down and then gets a taunting penalty. Yeah, we knew we were going to have growing pains when you're when you're playing some young guys. I think Carlton Davis is going to be a going to be a real good player, but uh, you know, he didn't he didn't have a great overall day tackling today. But that was that was a nice on the play he got the taunting. And that was a nice open field tackle on that play. It's sort of like really really bad and then okay and then good and then oh really bad. He gives up and he gives up the. What, what turned out to be the winning touchdown pass uh, or the one that gave them separation anyway when they got within a, a touchdown of, of tying to uh, Curtis Samuel uh, on good coverage, but, you know, Davis got beat. So you're seeing the young guys really struggling. Um, it doesn't seem to matter if it's Mark Tuffner. It doesn't seem to matter if it's Mike Smith, um, Dirk Cutter. For all the years he's been here, even as an offensive coordinator, this team has started three and five, three and five, two and six, three and five. And I mean, they, they are now right where they're right where they're used to living, which is in the basement of the NFC South. I mean, you know, Atlanta went and got a big win over Washington. Um, as we, as we take this, I think New Orleans is they won. wrapping up New Orleans a win won. over the Rams. Yeah. They beat the Rams um, by 10. Yeah. So, and Carolina is a very strong team and one that we can talk about with uh, North Turner and what he's done for Cam Newton in this new offense um, so the Bucks are last. They're last again. This is the sixth time, for six times in the last seven years they finished last in the NFC South. This could be seven out of eight, and it just it's it's a it's become a very dark and gloomy place. Um, talk to those guys in the locker room after the game. No one has any answers, including Dirk Cutter, who is really dumbfounded as to why this team can't get a single turnover. They haven't had a turnover in five straight games. That's a franchise record and not one that you want to be proud of. Um, you know, I remember times when I was covering the Bucks during their good defensive days, um, and there was a streak there. I want to say it was close to 40, 50, 60 games where they got both a turnover and uh, like a, let's say it was a turnover and a sack like in 40 or 50 straight games. And and now, you know, they're lucky if they get any turnovers at all. So, it's just, uh, you know, I don't know how they're going to dig their way out of this. They got the schedule turns for them. That's that's the hope. But man, this team is is really just lost right now. It, it really is, and and you know, it just it, it's funny. We had a we had a tweet tonight. It really kind of tells you how crazy it is. But it says, "I'm old enough to remember when the Bucks actually beat the Saints. That that did happen, right? It feels like a <laughs> lifetime ago. It's our I only mean, loss. I mean, but this, yeah, that's the Saints one. But it's this season." It's taken so many twists and turns I know. from from wins to losses to the great offensive production to Jameis coming back to benching quarterbacks and changing quarterbacks again. It, firing defensive coordinator. Fi- yeah, firing a defensive coordinator. And, and the turnover battle is just crazy. Uh, the turnover yeah. margin. I mean, what was it? Two turnovers today? Yep. So that, that's, and- that's minus nine for the last three weeks? Minus nine and minus 15 on the season. Yeah. And that's last in the NFL. And and. You know, it's it's hard for a team, any team in the NFL, you know, to play 60, 65 plays on offense without making a mistake. And yet that's what every team has done in the last five weeks. Put it this way. They had, you know, Cam Newton threw it 25 times, you know, a lot of times. They threw it 25 times. They got their hand on one one football. One. 
Brent Grimes had the pass defense. Mm-hmm. That was it. I mean, when you you know when you have games like this, the coverage just isn't good enough. Um, and I'll say this: Carolina is uh, much like Chicago. They move the pieces around a lot. North Turner's got these guys going right, left, back, forward, reverse. Oh, I thought the know. play calling in the first half was phenomenal oh, for Carolina. It, it was incredible. They had these guys so confused and outflanked and double reverses and pop passes and, you know, just the movement. And of course, Cam being an effective runner like he is makes it even worse because you almost got to play him like you would play a, a triple option because mm-hmm. he's a true running threat. And so, you know, they they looked ill-prepared. Um, they looked slow. You know, they weren't able to handle the speed and, and the athleticism of this Carolina team, which is really, really good. And, of course, their front seven on defense. I mean, Luke Keekley is, you know, just diagnoses everything before you can even uh, really call a play. And I think that uh, I think the protection broke down quite a bit. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was sacked a number of times. Mm-hmm. He was hit a whole ton. And yet he still managed, you know, to, to do enough to throw two touchdown passes in the first half to O.J. Howard, two in the second half to Adam Humphreys. And there they were down by one score with 14 minutes to go in the game. Well, and he said, the Bucks' record now of uh, four games with four touchdowns in a season. Incredible. And we're only halfway, and he didn't start every game. <laughs> I know. I mean, I, I felt like he played poorly to start. It mm-hmm. seemed to me he was trying to force the ball to Mike Evans. Mike Evans was targeted 10 times on Sunday, had one catch for 18 yards, you know, the first play of the game, he's got Mike one-on-one down the field, so he takes a shot there. Ball's underthrown because Mike had a step on the defender, so that pass is incomplete. Threw a couple of them high uh, on the three and out in the first first series. Uh, and then the interception, he just sailed it over his head, and the ball was, you know, picked off by Eric Reed, who returned it, you know, 39 yards to set up, you know, set them up at the 10-yard line, and that got Carolina off to a quick start. And on the road against good football teams, that's a that's a mortal sin. You know, when you give a good football team uh, at their place that kind of momentum early in games, it's almost like a defensive touchdown. I mean, they only had to drive 10 yards for the score. Um, you're not going to win those games like 80 85% of the time. So, you know, they, they started poorly, and, and yet I do – you know, Newton said it. I, I give him credit for for this resiliency, and it shows that they have real you know belief in their in their offensive weapons. Um, and when when Fitzpatrick gets in a rhythm, uh, he's very very good. But mm-hmm. it's just been it's been spotty. I mean, the whole this I've been through so many seasons like this, and and you know, the thing that that is sort of you know the elephant in the room really is that all these guys more or less know. Uh, that it's win or be fired, you know, and, you know, to sit in a press box on the road, you know, the Bucks front office is a row behind us, you know, and there's Jason Light and, you know, John Spytek and, you know, all these guys that have, you know, spent the, the time scouting and signing free agents and, you know, they, they live this stuff day in, day out. And they, they hope, and, you know, for three hours on Sunday that they could, you know, fight their way back into this because a win on Sunday would have made the Bucks four and four. And even though the Saints won, you know, in Atlanta won, it still would have, you know, kept them about a game or so out of the wild card, uh, with those two teams coming to see them later in the season. So, you know, four and four looks so much different than three and five. 
And yet, uh, you know, you watch these guys watch the game and it's painful because, you know, there just doesn't seem to be uh, any stopping anybody. And these are the players they have, you know, and really, even though they had two sacks on Sunday, um, you know, there really wasn't a lot of pressure on Cam Newton. I mean, it was easy for him. And that's that's all I can say is it seems like every team that plays this defense has an easy day. You know, there's giant chunk plays. Um, there's no making a team even get to third down most of the time. I don't know how you fix it at this point. I really don't. You know, they're playing a Washington team on Sunday that didn't have a good day against Atlanta, had but had won a bunch of games in a row. Uh, they're still hanging in there, I think, in first place or near first place in their division, so they have to win. They got Adrian Peterson, who can absolutely run the football, a good quarterback in Alex Smith. They only scored 14 points on Sunday. Um, but against this defense, everybody is scoring at least 30, and they're doing it in the first half. I mean, I've never seen so many games where teams just jump out. I mean, 30 points is, is, is a heck of a lot for a whole game. And it seems like every team is getting, you know, 24, 25, 30 points a half against the Bucks. So I don't know where they go from here. Uh, I think it's I, – I, I think we're, we're about to enter. You know, we're in November now, November, December – you get to Thanksgiving, and if you're out of it by Thanksgiving, then you know we'll start trotting out you know the who's available um, type you know who's on the hot seat and who's who's the next big names that are going to get NFL jobs next year. And it's unfortunate, but that's kind of where this franchise is right now. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I I don't think Fitzpatrick played bad today, but his slow start and that first interception really put him in a hole. It did, and, and I think it, it it made it even harder on the defense. Because, because what, once Carolina got up a couple scores and they just they put their foot down on the gas and they said yeah. they just now it was we're going for as much as we can get right now because they're on their heels. You Let know, like I this. said, I, I think he came back OK, but that first interception really hurt them. Let me ask you this. And I mean, I know I know what he was thinking, but had he known what, what was going to happen, he wouldn't have done it probably. But the Bucks are trailing 28 to seven and it's, uh, you know, seven minutes or so to go, well, six and a half minutes to go in the second quarter. Mm-hmm. They're down 28-7, okay? And they get to fourth and nine at their own 26. I mean, we're not near midfield. We're at the 20. They're at this 26-yard line. And Dirk Cutter, who is not a gambler, Riverboat Ron Rivera is a gambler, but not Dirk Cutter, calls for a fake punt. And they don't execute it. I mean, what actually, I mean, Alan Cross is the intended receiver. He's actually pretty well covered. He also slips. I don't think it was a horrible throw by Brian Anger. But they don't get that. And then you know, it's an easy touchdown, really, like four or five plays later. You know, uh, Newton makes a, a throw to Greg Olson, and then he makes a remarkable, just a ridiculous one-handed, you know, career highlight-type catch, you know, when he was well covered for a touchdown on, on third down. Mm-hmm. And it, and now it's now, – now you feel like, well, that's it. You know, game over. And I don't fault him for trying something, I guess, because he – Yeah, we felt like uh... – since we haven't been getting any turnovers, that we need to try to steal the possession the way Carolina's playing. And, uh, you know, I think it was there. Uh, we, had a, we had a breakdown in protection. And, uh, you know, that's the risk you take. If you, if you, you know, when you try a fake punt like that, you're either going to look real smart or you're going to look dumb if it doesn't work. And so that's, that's on me. Well, I, I, I think the thinking more than, than not getting a turnover was our defense can't stop them, whether they go 70 yards or 30 yards. I think you're right. You're right. Right. I think it was, you know, no one's expecting it on fourth and nine from your own 20. It wasn't fourth sure. and two or fourth and three. Sure. It's fourth and nine in your own 26. 
That's I think right. he was banking on the element of surprise going, we're not going to stop them anyway at this point. So I'm going to try something. I probably wouldn't have tried it, but I, I understand where he's coming from and why he did it, knowing right. that his defense couldn't stop them. Yeah, and I, and I get it. And yet, had he known that Ryan Fitzpatrick was going to bring him back and score you know, three touchdowns in the third quarter, you know, I'm, I'm certain he wouldn't have done it. But Well, yeah, and, and we that, gra- that grab on third down by Olsen – in the end zone, I mean, you know, they had it, what, it was like first and goal at the two or, you know, whatever it was, and then they, you know, get the penalty and yep. then another penalty, and, and all of a sudden they're back at second and or third and 17 or whatever, goal from the 17. You, you have to stop them there. Yeah, I mean, you had, to, you had to lift them to a field goal there. you got to get off the field or give up a field goal, and then, you know, even, even that last touchdown, you know, doesn't put you completely out of it, but – once again, when they really needed a stop, you know, we saw this last week. Ryan Fitzpatrick comes off the bench, scores 18 points in the fourth quarter. They tie the game with a minute left, and then boom, they let Andy Dalton and A.J. Green play catch so that they can get close enough for a game-winning field goal. And it just seems to be that way, you know, even though there's adjustments at halftime and, you know, they gave up 14 and not, you know, not not in the 30s the second half. But um, you know, by the time they started playing, it was too late. And really – when you talk to the players like I did after the game, and I talked to Carlton Davis, and he obviously was disappointed, and, and some others like Justin Evans, and they say, look, this is on us. It's really not on the coaches. I mean, we're missing tackles. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're one of the worst tackling teams that I've ever seen the Bucks have. They just are. Outside of Levante David, who will miss a couple himself, um, especially on the back end, and you just don't see like a lot of guys rallying to the ball. And I don't want to say they're loafing because I don't know that that's, you know, you have to watch the tape to know if there's a loaf. Um, but their corners don't tackle very well. Brent Grimes doesn't seem all that interested in tackling much. Um, and, and, and then they miss tackles. You know, they miss it on the back end. And when you miss, when you're isolated like that, the way the Panthers and the Chicago Bears and some of these teams, Kansas City Chiefs, put pressure on you to come up and make tackles in space because they're so good about getting, you know, these players in open space, it puts a lot of pressure on you to get the guy on the ground. And they just haven't done it. And, you know, um, I, I don't know. It, it's going to take a Herculean rally. It just doesn't seem like they're a complete enough football team. You know, they're, they're a team that can threaten you with, uh, with targets and outside weapons and can absolutely throw the ball. And it doesn't seem to matter who the quarterback is. They can put up points. But defensively, you can have your way with them. There's just nothing that they do well. They don't rush the passer well. They don't cover well. They don't tackle well. And at some point, you have to do something that you can bank on. You know, you have to have something you can count on uh, as a defense. Um, well, here's a question, and, and we may work. not know the answer to this, but the Bucks spent a lot of time upgrading some of the talent on defense. And, and, and yes, the secondary is very young. And so, but... And Quan Alexander's hurt now, but Levante David, Quan Alexander, even, even when he was in, they were doing this too. Gerald McCoy, Jason Pierre-Paul. I mean, there's talent. Everyone agrees there's a lot of talent on this defense. Is it right. there's just not enough? Or is it really the scheme and, and what they've set up? And, and knowing that Duffner can only change so much in midseason. Yeah, and I, that's a good point. I don't know how much to put on Mark because, you know, it's sort of like when you take over somebody's defensive scheme – You've spent all offseason installing the playbook. Um, you know, you've you've got a certain way that the, the, the verbiage is called. Um, you only have so many players that you can communicate that with right now. It's Levante David, so that's different than Quan Alexander. So you have 
you know, a, a different level of communication. There's young guys in the secondary. So they're trying to learn to play in the NFL and play fast as well as execute the defense. So I don't know how much you can put on Duffner. And frankly, what he had done is, you know, sort of simplify some of the coverages, you know, still have enough in it to make it an NFL defense, but so that guys knew where they were supposed to be. And they really haven't had too many, like I think they had one or two guys that they lost in coverage totally today. The rest of them, they had they had people there. Um, they just didn't make plays. And, you know, th- th- there really isn't a whole lot you can do except that you have to hope that all these games, we're halfway through the season now plus the preseason. So if you're Carlton Davis who missed a couple games with injuries, if you're Jordan Whitehead, um, even – even just, you know, even Evans is in his second year. Mm-hmm. Each game that you log, you should get better and get more experience and then, you know, learn from your mistakes and stop making them um, and, and, you know, have better technique when you tackle guys and uh, get used to the speed of the game and all the things that teams are doing to you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Um, but that's really the only hope. The only hope is that good football players get better as they play. Um, but they got a lot of guys that are also beat up. I mean, Jason Pierre-Paul did not look like himself. He practiced only on Friday. Gerald McCoy could not was not affected. He did have a sack. I, I get that, or at least had a half sack. But I watched him walk out of the locker room and hit that calf is not good. And that's where his explosion comes from, the lower lower half of his body. Um, and so... You know, Vinny Curry, you know, missed two weeks. He could have easily missed another week, but he wants to be out there. So I just don't think that they're a healthy football team. But that's, you know, you can do you can say that about any team. You know, I mean, this time of year, everybody's beat up and nobody really cares. It's just it hasn't synced up. You have really experienced guys for the most part on the defensive line. You've got Levante and two guys that haven't played a lot. And the Darius Taylor, who had a lot of tackles today and Devontae Bond, and then you have a secondary that's just completely inexperienced, with the exception of Brent Grimes, and I'm still I'm not convinced that he really wants to play. You know, um, He doesn't look like the same guy to me. So, you know, um, whether it's because he's 35 or, you know, uh, he's trying to cover up other guys' mistakes, and that could, be, that could be part of it too because there's three guys back there that are, you know, 25 years old or younger. Um, you know, that, that also could put a lot of pressure on him. So, it's it's not good. It's all bad. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, but, you know, having said all that, here's the funny thing about the NFL. If you can just get a win, you know, they won a couple weeks ago against Cleveland. It was ugly. People were not happy about the way that game ended. They had a big lead. They blew it. It took, you know, they missed a field goal at the end. It took a 59-yard bomb. And yet, you know, Jameis didn't play well, but it was a win. Mm-hmm. And that's what this team needs. This team needs to get a win. Um, and, and see if they can stack a couple together. And then, you know, playing at home is usually an advantage. It just is. You get five um, of the next eight at home. Five of the next eight at home. You got San Francisco and the Giants also on the on the uh, schedule. Uh, Baltimore, which the Carolina Panthers hammered a couple weeks ago, and they seem to be reeling. You got them on the road. 
It won't be easy. Going on the road is not easy. Well, you have all three um, divisional foes. You beat New Orleans on the road. You were, within, right. you were within a score of Atlanta at the end. Right. And you had and pulled you it within with it late within a touchdown to, to Carolina. That's correct. You know, and now you get all three of those at home. That's right. And it was, it, was, it was a bad schedule for them to have to play the first three division games on the road. It really was. They should be 2-1. and one. If they were 2-1 and one sitting here right now with a 4-4 four and four record, they'd be thrilled. Um, but that's not what they did. So it's a long season. Anything can happen. Hey, there was um, some good news today. What's that? Th- they didn't miss an extra point. <laughs> that's, hey, I put Chan- Chandler Cannonzaro got a shout-out from me in the report card because he was, he was what, four for four. Mm-hmm. And, and that is a good thing. That settled him down maybe. I'm sure he got some confidence from that. He would have been your player of the game. But um, that, that was a bright spot. Adam Humphreys is a bright spot. O.J. Mm-hmm. Howard. Mm-hmm. Man, if they can find ways to make him an even bigger part of this offense – He's so good run after the catch and um, you know, he's such a big target that uh, you know, he's, he's starting to really show up and, and it was just a bad day for Mike Evans. I mean, Mike Evans can't have days like that. You know, your, your elite receiver, your go-to guy. And I thought they tried to force the ball to him, you know, has been spitting out 100 yard games every week. And, you know, you got, you got to give credit to Carolina. I mean, they, they shut him down and they had a nice plan for him. They covered him well, even in man coverage. And, you know, him and Fitz were a little off. So Deshaun Jackson made some plays late. Didn't really do much in the first half of the game, but um, came on at the end. Godwin had a couple. So, I mean, they, they still have dudes. Humphreys had a big game. Um, there's still plenty of offense out there. If you could get that offense going, I thought it was interesting. Cutter was going to take the opening kickoff even if he won the toss. You get that offense going, what will this team do if it ever has a lead again? You know, will it, mm-hmm. you know, if it's up seven or 14. Um, that'll be such a different feeling on that sideline, but man, it, it might jazz I, the defense up too. I think it could, but you say that, and then you watch these comebacks and you think, well, okay, well that defense, you know, is playing better, but then when you get within seven or they tie the game, like they did late against Cincinnati, here comes the big drive, you know, mm-hmm. and they can't get that one stop. If they could get that one stop and give the ball back to the offense to either win it, um, you know, late, we would, we would see if, uh, if that could turn it. So that's where we're all right now. Um, it's, uh, we do know Ryan Fitzpatrick is the starter this week. No Jameis Winston. So that's a message to him and, uh, and, and a message Look, that there's no way you bench Fitz after that game. Yeah. You know, I didn't think he played that well, but then when I looked at it, I go, well, four touchdown passes. I mean, the, the last, the last interception, obviously you're trying to gun it there. He didn't play, you know, he didn't and, play well, but he didn't play bad enough to, I mean, if you're going to change quarterbacks every week because of an, of an average yeah, performance against a really good defense. That's right. And, and the, and the, and Carolina, Carolina is a really good defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're better, way better than the Bengals. I mean, to get 28 against that defense is still saying something. Sure it is. Yeah, you're right. And so I credit Fitzpatrick, and, and, and Cutter did not hesitate. He said, nope, Ryan's my quarterback next week. So, you know, Jameis can, you know, can sit over there and learn some more unless there's an injury or Ryan stops playing well. Like you said, four games of four touchdown passes in one season when he's only started, you know, what, uh, started six or five of them, you yeah. know. Mm-hmm. He started five games, and he's got four, four touchdown passes in, in four of them. So not too shabby for him. So... We'll see what happens from here. Um, got a big week coming up at One Buck Place. I'll be out there tomorrow. The Bucks will have their press conference around 2.30. We'll find out what the health of the team is first and foremost. Ronald Jones, of course, did not play. Looked like to me that maybe Peyton Barber got nicked up a little bit more. He's, he came into the game with a bad ankle. They still can't run the ball 
when they want to. Um, so we'll have news out of that. We'll talk more about college football. Whew, the Florida Gators. Woof. Woof. And USF. Woof. Oh, goodness gracious. What's wrong with Florida football in general? My goodness. In college football, especially uh, with the exception of UCF. Man. Yeah, I think, I think you year. can really say UCF is definitely the best team in the state this year. I mean, I, I think Florida's still good. I think they put on a, a stinker performance, but yeah, I think they're still was, a good team. But they're not. Yeah, they're okay. I mean, they're still good to a ball game. Um, oh yeah, you know they they faced a, a potential NFL quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, last uh, last Saturday. So yeah, that's that's something we can discuss as the week goes on. I'm yeah. sure we'll have Matt Baker on during the week to talk some college football. Probably hear from Tom Jones as well. We'll, we'll talk Tampa more Bay tomorrow Lightning. about the Lightning. Right now, they're, we're recording this early because Rick's catching a flight out of Carolina back to Tampa Bay. So mm-hmm. um, currently, the Lightning are up two or down two to one to Ottawa. Five minutes to go in the second period as we tape this. Um, but they had a big win over Montreal. Good. Well, first of all, we haven't really talked about the Nashville game, which they lost four to True. one, but it was two to one late. But they completely outplayed Nashville. They just they couldn't did. get the puck in the net. Pecoretti um, just that was, dropped it. That was a great performance against a Stanley Cup caliber team in, in Nashville. Yep. Um, really. And then they, they rebounded nicely in Montreal with a 4-1 win. They, they went down early again, one nothing Tonight to Ottawa, they went down 2 nothing in the first period. Gave up two power play goals. Right. Um, with Louis Domingue in net. Really nothing. He could, maybe the second one he could have stopped. The first one, no shot at stopping. Uh, but they, they early in the second period, Paquette gets a goal to make it 2-1. to one. That's where it stands right now. But Lightning... You know, like you said, they lost to Nashville, but it was it's one of those performances you're like, sometimes that happens. Sometimes right. you completely outplay a team, but you just don't get the goals, and that's what that was. They're, they had nothing to hang their head on on that one. Um, Montreal win was a good win. Now they're on a back-to-back with Louis Dominguez goal. We'll see if they can pull it out, but we'll talk more about that uh, tomorrow night on the podcast. Absolutely. And uh, before we get out of here, I wanted you guys to have a chance to hear – um, just a, a brief interview that I had prior to this game with Ryan Fitzpatrick. And we've talked about Fitzmagic and him coming back now and taking over as a Bucks starting quarterback, uh, what it was like to be told he was no longer going to start, and sort of why he thinks that this team has the talent to do it. They just haven't put it together yet. Um, and he talked about his career and and maybe some, you know, what what how he will eventually make a decision whether to play beyond the season because he's 35 and he's played – for 14 years and seven different teams. So um, even though you know the outcome of this game, um, there's still a lot of great information. And I thought it was a really good interview, just one-on-one uh, with Ryan Fitzpatrick. So here's Ryan uh, in my discussion with him just prior to the uh, Sunday's game against the Panthers. You know, for you in particular, I mean, we started the year and it was a unique situation. And, but your ability to, 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 to come in as the starter and you played so well, but you're in a situation with a franchise quarterback you know, you said, you know, the landscape, you know, I'm going to be the league MVP, which I was for two weeks, or I'm going back to the bench. Well, it happened. Um, how tough was that to be playing so well and sort of just have it turned over because of the, the commitment that they had yeah. in, in I, that other guy? I mean, as a, as a competitor, you always want to be out there. Yeah. You know, you want to be the guy helping the team win. And, I think that's what makes a quarterback successful. You want to be that kind of guy. So, yeah. um, you know, for me, that was my focus for those first games where I knew I was going to be in there is I had to put the team in a great position to win those games. And in doing so and, uh, you know, in playing well, uh, you know, I just I enjoyed it. I got that 
feeling that spark back that feeling whatever yeah. it was i enjoyed being out there and so um i also have always known that it's important to know your role you know and so after the chicago game when i was asked to go back to the bench like i knew that was the role that they wanted me to be in and like i said at the time i i didn't didn't, I didn't like want it, to do that. I didn't like it. I don't have to like it. Right. I also am going to slide back into that role. I understand that. And so um, this league is all about opportunities and taking advantage of them. And I think that's something I've been able to do everywhere in my career, and that's why I'm still playing is because I have taken advantage of opportunities that I've been given. And, uh, you know, this right here, I'm just – I'm excited to be out there. And, and really I just – and I said it before at the beginning of the season – I just want to enjoy the ride. You know, I want this team to get on a winning streak, and I just want to enjoy the ride and, and have fun with the guys. It was such a good time after two weeks. Going on the road, beating New Orleans, who's only lost now, is the one you pinned on them with 48 points. Beating the world champions, you know, the post-game that was sort of organic. And yeah. This team responded to you. How much, how much fun, you know, how much is fun a part of, Winning is it? Yeah, winning fun is, is fun, or, or fun is uh, yeah. They go they go hand in hand, yeah. you know. And it's it's a lot easier to have fun when you're winning. Of course, um, you know. But you know, we the they feeling responded. we had the feeling we had in the second half of the Pittsburgh game, you know, and, and coming back, the feeling at the end of the Cincinnati game, and, and you know, staging that comeback. Um, you know, there's a certain amount of uh, loose looseness that's created as well. Right. You know, just being able to go out there and play and to forget about the pressures and everything else that goes on outside of, you know, that huddle in the NFL, all those different things, just to forget about it and be able to play. Mm-hmm. You know, and, um, that's something that, that I try to bring and, and, you know, hopefully something that guys respond to, you know, when I'm out there. But I just want them to, to not worry about all those other things and just focus on, you know, making plays and having fun. At the end of the day, the fun you talk about, it's a game. But it's such a business too, and there's so much pressure on each guy. Yeah. Can I get my touches? Can I do it? And you're all trying. You all have your own pressures. So is your job more or less like when you came in? They said, "Let's just go rip it," or whatever, whatever, what, however you phrased it. You know, like we got nothing to lose. Kind of a yeah. little, we got nothing to lose. You know, mm-hmm. eighteen down. But is that sort of your your experience has taught you that if I can if I can get these guys to relax. You know? Well, it's not even – it's not something I really think about. It's yeah, just something it's just I natural. There, I just go out there and do it. Yeah. And the guys are either going to follow me or not. Yeah. You know? And for the most part of my career, I've been able to get guys to, to follow me and, yeah. to, and to play hard. And it has nothing to do with uh, – I don't think it has anything to do with – I mean, I'm not a very verbal Verbose guy, guy during yeah. the week and all that. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, I think – I just like to go out there and play, and, and people enjoy playing with me. How much does the way the NFL has evolved is perfect for your ability to, to understand the offense, to know that this has become now an offensive league, that, that there's only certain parameters that the defense can play? I mean, everybody's putting up big yards. You guys are putting up more than anyone. So that's a testament to both what you have around you. But for you in particular, I mean, you played at a time when – they could lay on quarterbacks as much as they want to and receivers I mean, yeah. when you first started. So yeah. has that made the game better for, for, for a guy like yourself who can throw the ball as well as you do or as accurate as you are? Um, I mean, I just think I've gotten better as the years have gone, gone on. But, I, you know, the, the rules changes in the league. I think just the overall uh, the skill 
from top to bottom. You talked about it's gotten better. Can. I mean, it's just gotten better and better. You know, the number four receiver now compared to what it was 15 years ago on these teams and running backs that can that can run and catch and tight ends that can do the same thing. Uh, it's that whole conversation, the, the schematics of it and, and being able to move guys around. And, you know, offenses used to be so static yeah. in what they yeah. were. and They didn't uh, move as much. Yeah, so that, that part of it has been fun. Um, but it's, I mean, the game has changed, but it's always going to have the same. That's yeah. kind of the same underlying fundamentals as well, you know, especially when you get later in the seasons and you get the cold weather games <laughs> yeah. and, and all that stuff. There's there's still always going to be that aspect of football that's going to remain. They tell me that you have as good a grasp on, the, on this offense as anyone, probably better than, than, than Jameis even, but, um, but in terms of, of just uh, – uh, calling something that an audible that maybe they haven't heard for a while, you know what I mean? And again, like, is that sort of what you you're able to bring in addition to, you know, if you see the certain defense, maybe it's something you didn't even practice this week that much. Yeah, I mean, I have to. One thing that I've learned about myself is is I have to I have to trust what I see, and that maybe sounds silly, but there's things that I feel or or see during a game that you know. I used to explain it as I have, you know, an angel on one shoulder that's telling me to run the play and the <laughs> devil on the other shoulder that's telling me really what I should do. And, and he's learned to trust the other guy. And I, you know what? It's a, it's a balance every game. But, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of times where I have to – if something doesn't feel right for me, it's probably not going to be a good play. Whether it's a run or a pass, it's probably not going to be a good play if I don't have a good feeling pre-snap. And so, yeah. for me, I've been given the freedom to be able to change some of that stuff. And uh, you know, it's not necessarily always going to be a bomb or a touchdown. Sometimes yeah. it's an incompletion or a two-yard run, but it's better than what the outcome would have been. But you, it's sort of like—I mean, I don't know if this is a good parallel, but I mean, you're—you're you're the one throwing the ball. So if you're a pitcher and a catcher says to throw this pitch, you got to feel comfortable with whatever you're going to throw, right? Yeah, I, I just. I know myself so well, so I know if I'm not confident before the play, it's, it's not, not going to be a good work. play. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's the thing I've learned most about myself, uh, which, again, sounds silly, but it's true. Yeah. And, like, I I know a lot of the time if I'm uncomfortable with the play, if I don't change it, it's not going to be a good It's result. not going to work. So I know you, your family and your year-to-year, but, but nowadays you've kept yourself in tremendous shape. You've played a lot of football. But you look at these quarterbacks that are going to the Super Bowl and winning them, they're not 25. They're not 30. Some of them are 30-plus, and Brady's 40-plus. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you need to go on the TB12 diet. Why can't you play a bunch of years and, and with, the, with the rules the way they are and this talent? Why, why can't well, you do I, that? I think, uh, and I said this, and maybe you guys will believe me now, but I'm better right now than I've ever been in my career. Well, that's there's, there's no doubt showing up that. on film. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no about it, doubt about that. And it's like I can still, you know, I've, I've never been fast, but I can move well enough, you know, to, to do what I need to do. And yeah. I feel great throwing the ball mentally. I'm sharper than I've ever been. So, um, you know, all that stuff, that's not what's going to stop me physically. I haven't had many injuries. You know, mm-hmm. I feel good waking up, getting out of bed every single day. Even after getting hit. Um, yeah. yeah, so uh, that's not the stuff that'll stop me just you know as as you get older life gets more complicated <laughs> seven kids might <laughs> is that moving around all that kind of thing 
Yeah, I mean that's that's always a, you know at the end of the year a discussion and decision you know that we have to. But every year we have to talk about it at least now. Which obviously when I was one and two years in, we didn't have to didn't have to say much. I know it's a discussion, but your family's got to be really. I mean, you said your boys were older, and they're enjoying it. Yeah, my, it, but this has got to be the best time that you've been a quarterback just because of that and. And how do you tell them dad's not going to play? And I'm not, I'm not yeah, announcing I mean, your I, retirement Again, today. like I don't. That's something that's so far off. Yeah. You know, it's something that, you know, you, you, can, never, you can never think farther than one week at a Then this Sunday, NFL. right? That's, that's yeah. what it is. So. Yeah. Do you think this team can get back on a roll? I mean, truly, be, what makes you think that you guys can take this now and, and somehow, I mean, three and four is nothing. It's, I mean, Tony Dungy started three and four here four years in a row and they made the playoffs. But I'm saying – is there is there something that, that gives you the belief well, I, about the, the guys? The issue the on this team isn't talent. It's you know, We have we have the talent. You know, we just we have to go out there and do it. And yeah. so, um, you know, there's been plenty of teams I've been on before where the, maybe the talent, at least the talent that's in our building, wasn't there. You yeah. know, And so, um, then you try to out scheme and do different things. But this this building, the problem is not talent. And so. That, w- that is what gets, I think, all of us so excited is we know we have the players. We just got to go out there and do it. So that's it from uh, Bank of America Stadium where the Bucks have uh, fallen again, 42-28 to the Carolina Panthers to take on the Washington Redskins. Finally back at Raymond James Stadium. They'll be happy uh, to do that, I'm sure, uh, after getting beaten up a little bit on the road here these last couple of weeks so hey make sure you go see our friend annie at continental wholesale diamonds it's got the best prices it's almost the holidays you know you want to get something nice for your wife your girlfriend go in there annie's going to take care of you and because you listen to this podcast you're going to get 20 percent off that's right 20 percent off all jewelry prices he already has the best prices better than anything you'll find in the shopping mall anywhere else go see him 1715 northwest shore boulevard Sweet, uh, 250 or 150. I'm sorry, right next to the Penthouse Club. So for Steve Versnick, I'm Rich Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great Monday, everybody. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers, and if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.